Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 196. That guy looks like DJ Klasnick. Look at him. Look at him. We'll find out. The episode starts right now. It's good, DJ. What's up, dude? Well, first of all, it's really cool having you on the show because as I go to my split screen, um, actually, let's do that the other way around. Split screen. Um, we, I had a um, podcast with Matt Prosser and Travis, Travis Muirwitter, and we had like our own little award show, just five awards, not like 10, this bull crap, everybody's a winner nonsense. Um, and you are like two out of the three of us, you are our best newcomer. Like Travis is like, nah, I got DJ. And me, I was like, I'm crazy for you, Mr. DJ. In fact, I'm gonna put that on the edit on that little funk master flex thing. So um, what a year, what a fun freaking year, right? Um, Matt Prosser had um, Ali Sun as his best newcomer. And we we're like, okay, we forgot about that guy. <laughs> it's true, he's a newcomer. So um, what a heck of a year, huh? First of all, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I uh, I got that video from from a couple of friends. They sent me, and um, actually, I really appreciate you guys <clears throat> mentioning me and uh, and uh, giving me that that respect. Uh, it was it was a crazy year. Um, I had honestly no plans. Uh, they it was for for six years. I was trying seven years. I was trying to play AVP, and finally they let me play AVP. And I knew all the guys, people know me, but it's different when you first time compete on the different tour. Uh, I've been on the world tour for around 10 years, so this is something different. And I, since I just started, I had some points because they count FIVB points, but I didn't really know where I'm going to end up. So even picking up partners was kind of strange, you know, like you talk to people, but you don't really know who's going to play with you. Um, first tournament I played with Lev and Honestly, I had high expectations, and then we had the tough, tough draw. Uh, didn't qualify, and then what? What tournament was that? It was Miami. All right, cool. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then um, Miami was weird, but that was just yeah, yeah. But and also like my back spasm like a week before I couldn't walk, so we went to Miami and we're like let's try, and we actually played decent, but we had we had a uh, Steven Peter in last round, and they served great. They side out pretty well, and. It just wasn't my day, and um, after that, I couldn't find a partner for next tournament in New Orleans, and I called a couple of people. I was really thinking already, like, can't find a good blocker, like, should I block? And then yeah. I gave a shot, like, I sent a message to Brian, uh, Brian Miller, and he wasn't really interested, so I kept searching, searching. I didn't know what to do anymore. I sent him another text, like, after a couple of days. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to play? <laughs> because <laughs> he was like a big guy who you know like he's a hitman for her yeah so the dude is yo if your cat gets stuck in a tree boom <laughs> that's your guy so so i shoot him another text and he said okay let me look the flights he found a cheap flight so like, okay let's do it so we practiced a couple times went to new orleans had steven peter in qualifications no but this time because they beat both of us in miami they beat around before they beat brian and rafi and then they beat me and lev so we were really like we were really on it um and we qualified and had the great run uh won a couple matches and you know it was a honeymoon phase it worked great like everything was was working for us um and then there was like 
a match against Kyle and Tim that we were supposed to win, and then the ref got involved a little bit. Um, that always cheese. Yeah, but anyway, we we got our. I mean, I got my best finish for sure because that was first time I qualified, and then we finished seventh. And uh, Brian got his best finish for uh, for the year. I think I think once he was seventh or ninth in Manhattan, like a year before. Right. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, that's how it all started. And then next tournament, I played with Brian in Huntington. Still a good finish, qualified, finished ninth. And then after that, I have to go home. Uh, my sister got married, and I'm playing World Tour, and I'm coming back hoping that I'm going to play with Brian, even though his wife was supposed to give birth at that time. So it's really, like, not sure. So, you know, I'm I'm not really stressed. Like, it's okay. First year, boom, Brian gets injured. Like, he can't play. Oh. Literally half month before the, the sign-up closes. So, again, I'm in the same position. I have no idea who to play with. I start texting people cannot find a blocker keep trying cannot find a blocker and i say you know what i play one tournament in my life as a blocker and it wasn't bad but i had really good defender behind me so i said let me look who's the fastest dude that that can come man. up that can come up uh with digs behind my smaller block because i know i can make a couple moves but you know i needed someone to make digs and and i give a call to leela um and then leela said okay Let's do it. Let's do Manhattan. And then we're like, okay, let's try to qualify for Chicago. Sure, let's do that. So we go to qualification. We qualify for Chicago. Then we play Manhattan. And in Manhattan, we kind of like, we had ups and downs, won a couple matches, lost a couple. And we kind of figure out, okay, this is what we need to do in order to be better. So we spent another two weeks practicing. And then finally in Chicago, we actually came up with with really structured playing. And I, I was already feeling comfortable as a blocker and, it was it was definitely better. So, um, a season that I could not plan. It was just freestyling. Um, in the end of the season in Laguna, I give a call to Bill uh, Kolinsky. Hey, let's let's try this. She says, okay, let's try to play um, just to see how we play together. I always admire Bill, um, his work ethic, and I yeah. I really like how he thinks. So my goal was like, I want to play a tournament with him to hear how he thinks. You know, so it was great. Like, you know, first tournament I played with him was just, like, learning, figuring out. Like, we both have a lot of that leadership that we used to be leaders. So it was kind of interesting to to combine mine and his thoughts and tactics because we were both really strategic. So it was great. So the whole season was just, like, freestyling, you know. Like, yeah. I had no expectations. So it was nice when, when, when I did well. You know, I qualified a couple times. Um, in Chicago, we made that surprise beating Taylor's. Then me and Bill finished third in, in Laguna. So overall, in the end of the season, I, I, I look back and I'm like, that was actually a pretty good season. You know, like without any planning, I am i don't know if I could plan better, you know. <laughs> I will say this. Um, our award show, I had like a hitman for hire. So hitman for hire is someone you call, you, you catch him on some not ready stuff, right? But he comes and he shows up and you play. And not only do you um, meet your expectations, in some ways you exceed your expectations. So my hitman for hire was Travis. Because Travis had the same path pattern as you. Just multiple partners. Who wants to play? Hey, I'm down and this and that. Um, sure, I can do that. I can do this. And and it was a razor close because you could have won. You could have won two awards. You 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 were hitman for hire. And the only the reason why Travis won is because I think you were looking for the hitman for hire instead of being the hitman for hire, right? Also, I, I think I want to commend you and highlight... Um, 
the diverse amount of partner uh, group of partners you had and the personalities that go with them, right? Look, R Ryan Miller, Hitman for Hire, he's chill. You know, I pick things up and put them down. Boom, I'm at the net. I'm a cave troll. Boom, right? Tucker, um, very, very good. I wouldn't call him a finesse player, but his his style of play is beautiful. His, to him, the game is more beautiful doing it right than than hot dogging and winging it. Right, the game looks more beautiful, and and it demonstrates in his game when you see him. He's he's a, he's what you would call indoor players call a beautiful player, like the Italian team, right? Um, sure. Or even um, I don't know. There's a the Serbian indoor national team. Everyone except the lefty, beautiful play, right? Um, silver medalist, right? And um, yeah. Um, in Rio, yeah. Um, fun team to watch. I follow them all the way, and then you got Bill Kolinsky, nice guy, and you and the kind of guy you want to like play catchphrase with, right? Him, invite him and Kelly over hell. Invite Evan Corey and Simo, right? Let's you, you, you find so you know you got your girl. Um, uh, uh, but on the court personality, the dude's a little bit of a control freak. He got something to say every play, and that requires a, a lot of patience and to make it about the game where you're not exhausted by the constant amounts of information that he's doing in-game, right? So so think of the three. Those are just the three, right? Uh, um, you were talking about Lev Prima. Yeah. Lev Prima, great blocker. Completely um, a, fourth, a, four, a fourth personality. Yeah. Talk about Lev. You take yeah. over. It's it, it's funny, funny that you say that because... A lot of people don't understand this part of the game, right? They just see like volleyball, right. but there's so much behind. There's personality, like, do they get emotionally involved or no? Some people just don't use emotions. They just play, you right. know, and they don't care. They don't get affected if you're happy or not. They don't get, they don't care if they're happy or not. They just play the same. Some people are really about emotions. Some people like to be fired up and definitely like personalities, like styles of, of behaving in the game as well completely depends on the partner um i know how i am i love to be fired up i love to be loud i like to feel like a beast and not kind of conservative because when i'm conservative my hits are 10 percent weaker and i get dug and you know my serves are 10 percent weaker and i don't get services so when i scream i get that extra 10 percent that makes a difference whoop it up yeah like stir the pot yeah for sure for sure. Mm -hmm. and I, I i read somewhere like um case was talking about that like he's like everybody tells you like don't scream like try to you know like keep the energy you know like stay neutral and i tried it for years and it didn't work and i figure out that i just play better when i let it go yeah and i and when i read it i'm like i understand this because i'm the same i i try to keep the energy you know like i would get exhausted from screaming but I would make my best results when I feel like a beast. And when I would come back home and not play good, my girlfriend, Maureen, would say, you were just not... You weren't yourself. Yeah, why, you, why weren't you out there being yourself? Yeah, she's like, why, why were you not screaming? Yeah. And, and I said, you know what, like, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know? But definitely, like, Brian, really calm, like, super nice guy. Like, mm -hmm. um, I would even call it family guy, you know, like, super friendly. You know, whatever you tell him, he's a machine, you know, he's there. Um, he does like to be fired up. So I was like telling Brian, like, you're a beast, you know, like nobody can stop you. You're the biggest on the net. And he would just, he would cruise with that firing up. Like I would get fired up, so I would fire him up. Um, and I feel that we found that and that's why we actually cruise pretty good together. Yeah. 
Um, where, what about Lev? Let's go to let's go back to Lev. Where, where Lev, for example, Lev doesn't need anyone. Lev is like he's individual and he's there and he's yeah. gonna like just battling his own head with everyone on the court, you know. And if he feels that he's better, this is something I talk to Lev a lot. Mm -hmm. If he feels he's better, he's winning. There's no way you can beat Lev if he's convinced that he's better than you. Yeah. But the problem with Lev is if he feels that he's not better than you, he usually doesn't give his hundred percent. Something happens to him, and if you watch takes his, his foot off the gas pedal. A if bit. you watch his results, he doesn't beat the top teams because he needs that extra push. And I thought when we were practicing that I'm gonna help him get the extra push with the same what I did with Brian, like giving him, encouraging him, firing him up. But for that one tournament that we tried, just wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But I feel if Lev finally like, you know, like it's like a shark. If you taste blood, you're like, okay, I'm all. Smell over. blood in the water, yeah. But. I still feel he doesn't, he didn't taste it yet. So he doesn't believe yet. Right. Um, even though he would say he does. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like you need to win in order to be like, huh, I'm actually right there. I am with these guys are better than them, but I feel he still like needs to prove that to himself, you know, that he can be the top teams, you know? You know, what's cool. Like everything you just said, there's six different directions we can go. And everybody listening, like, are we going to go with a big race crash? Are we going to go with a partner compatibility? Are we going to go with, is, is this as good as love going to be? And, and it's so cool. But um, just storing in my memory bank, just to stay with it, because you, you stumbled onto something that that's really important that I have a heightened emphasis as a coach as well. Um, emotions, right? I was taught my, my mentor is Mario Trubich, old Russian guy. Um, I'll tell you about him later. It doesn't matter. Um, and Aldous Lucius of Latvia, who went to UCLA, and he taught me how to coach from their neck up. Like, as if when players become coaches, we know X's and O's, right? Yeah. But so the higher the level you coach, it's just you're really just coaching the guy and, and maximizing what he can do. So they taught me, and it took me a long time to get to this point. Sorry, big way for every five points you get emotionally high, you might give up eight on the low. Meaning that the bigger your wave is, right, the more it crashes. However, if you can ride an emotion of waves like this, like that, right, you can go from Manhattan Beach Pier to Hermosa Beach Pier uh, and, and back and not even exhaust yourself. So the reason why I believe you had success, you get a block, you get a scream, right, boom, and then almost immediately, you hit the reset button. You hit the reset button because there's a handful of people that have this heightened emotion and they ride it through the whole match. And for those people that have that and have, have that success, we need to take them to the lab and understand them because that that, that kind of animal coaches, we, we are taught that doesn't exist. But you you may be and you probably are one of them. Like, uh, uh, let's go on the female side. Fallon for number one. Yeah. Fired up from bell to bell. No, no. Her wave doesn't crash. That is, that's one of those things that make all of the people that go, oh, well, studies show this and all oh, studies show that, right? Don't even read the damn study, right? But we want to tell you studies show that, right? Uh, um, that there are exceptions to the rule. And two, you need to go back to the lab and understand animals like Fallon on the female side. And maybe perhaps even you, you know, because I don't think you're doing what Fallon doing. I think you let it out. And then when, and then when you hit your partner, you're back there and you're back. You know what I'm saying? It's it's so cool. Uh, sorry, but let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the emotional waves. And you um you know yourself better than me, so I'm gonna just shut up and listen. Yeah, I, I like that question. Thank you. Um, I I did think about that for a while. So 
basically, um, when I was on Sandcast, I, I mentioned that people need to play as much as possible. Once you play, you start you start learning about yourself. When I say play, let me correct this. Please. There's too much playing on Hermosa. And there's too much playing in USA. Europe is a little different. That's why they have good results. More drills, less playing. Um, this guy must have listened to my podcast. You must have listened to previous episodes. Sorry, go ahead. No, you got to... I don't want to break your flow. I, I really believe in, like, deliberate practice and drilling in order to fix your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I spend a lot of time drilling and actually correcting stuff and i caught myself playing if you don't have a set partner is not that useful if i have a partner that i'm working stuff with yes we can play and we can play every day maybe and we can get better right. but if i'm just playing with different people i'm not actually improving i'm actually practicing how to be a better partner for this guy and for this guy and for this guy and then that i did that first year in hermosa i tried to play with everyone spent a year great place you know playing with the sick players everything's great and after a year i asked myself like okay what did i improve what element did i improve this year and you're like tick and i looked talk. and it was <laughs> tick nothing and you're like i'll wait tick nothing in a year that jeopardy song dun, 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 right not guts yeah but i feel that's like a trap you know like hermosa is a trap mm. it's like you're moving to a place where there's so many good players Mm -hmm. And you, you fall for that trap of let's play with everyone, you know, like, let me get in this group and that group, but let's play with, doesn't matter. You get in, invited by, uh, Thea and Trevor and try and came and you're practicing with everyone who's good. And then in the end you ask yourself, like, what about me? Like, what did I improve? Cause they needed a team to improve their game as a team. But like, right. what did I improve? And it's like nothing. So, um, going back to that, yep. I feel correct. Like I'm correcting myself not playing a lot on the beach, practicing a lot, obviously playing with your partner as much as you can, preparing for tournaments, but playing tournaments. So what I what I learned a lot in playing tournaments, which you cannot practice, you can't practice tournaments in practice. Like the emotions are not involved in practice. You maybe get frustrated if you're not playing good or maybe you get happy if you beat someone that you want to be like who's better than you or higher, higher, uh, higher ranking. But God, what a waste of time. Okay. You know, like, there's no emotions. So once you go to tournament, now, you know, that's that's involved. So what I learned, I was kind of exploring my like my game. It's like I I play better when I get hot, but then I learned like let's let's pretend it's like a volume bar, right? What you just showed me like mm -hmm. if I go in red, if I go further than red, if I go too fired up, right? That's when like I have pulse in my head. I'm feeling crazy, but if the ball comes and it's not perfect, I would swing it out or I would swing it in the net because I can't control my arms because I'm like too much adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So I, I figure out I have to push myself to get in red, but not go through it. So every time like I would kind of feel like that aggression, I would let it out. I would scream. I would let that out. And I would try to like what you said, to break back and like zoom in, kind mm -hmm. of look my opponents. What's my next play? <laughs> what or, did I just do? I went, I went whoosh. And <laughs> <laughs> took a picture of the fish <laughs> I, I i like the explanation because yeah. i would straight away i would like try to think about mm -hmm. what's my next play like what am i trying to block what is my partner trying to do do i need to tell him like hey watch this next or hey let's keep the same call or am i supposed to focus on my serve but my mom like my my parents were both uh volleyball players and she would just lose her mind if i would make a good play and then miss a serve and oh, so man. many times we had that conversation she's like 
you see you made a great play here you screamed and then you miss your serve because you were like too fired up and mm -hmm. i'm like I, I i was like no but mom's always right so true. for sure like i figure out like there has to be a balance on like how much you get fired up but for me that that place in the court where i can scream where there's someone this is also special like you can't just scream to empty beach right. when there's someone to scream at like i don't i don't scream to my opponents but no sometimes if they if they challenge me but more like if i have that one friend in the crowd that is screaming back to me mm -hmm. um i had one in new orleans he was wearing my jersey jewel and um he was screaming all the time and now i he's the only one who i need i was screaming back to him i was getting fired up Let's if my go. girlfriend's there if my parents are there if my friends are there i just need someone to give me back the energy you know and if i need if i have that you only need I'm, a little bit you only need I'm the crazy. one you only, and you only need the one right you didn't need like a For big sure. crowd you just needed the one but, but it's that is <laughs> that is that special place that we pr yeah. we practice every single day to get in that special place it's kind of like a stage you know you, you get on the stage and you can finally act and you know you can enjoy like everything you know how to do like you can celebrate your good moves you know you can get a little upset you can you know it's just fun and you're like speaking my language i'm, I, I I'm bilingual bro i couldn't i, couldn't, <laughs> I speak theater and volleyball <laughs> go ahead i couldn't stop playing like i was thinking for stop like play, stopping to play volleyball for for some time you know like didn't couldn't find partner in serbia like I wasn't obviously playing AVP like so many times I was thinking like is it the time but there's for me no there's no place that I'm happier than that stage it's just like yeah I get so excited like I'm like okay we're going to this tournament to that tournament my friends are going to be there there's crowd like it's just Interesting. you know <laughs> okay that's my iPad hollering <laughs> so, so yeah it's both <laughs> unplug uh, that I sorry the the ipad is saying like okay you're talking yeah. a little no they're much. like the warriors and the grizzlies are on. i'm like who gives a, who gives a crap <laughs> but yeah uh, great great question yeah i feel um i i would recommend uh your listeners or people who practice or play and play as much as you can and figure out who you are they're just players who are who cannot stand being fired up they just like throws them off completely mm -hmm. they're players who cannot be cold they're players who like to provoke so find who you are, um, test it out and see if you're winning or losing. I just figured out because I was losing matches when I was too fired up. Okay, this is not for me. You're giving up eight on the low for five on the high. Bro, I came so far with my thoughts that I was like, if I get fired up before the game, I'm like, okay, I'm playing like, mm -hmm. you know, on the world tour, we're playing semifinals. And I feel kind of like my anxiety, like not even anxiety, that excitement, anxiety, people usually tr like relate to something bad something and on the negative influence, yeah, right? let's, yeah let's put it like excitement you know if i feel too excited i would put headphones and play like the slowest song possible like you know like something super calm i would pretty much type like uh wave song you know like something like super slow no words in order to like slow down my mind wow but if i feel really cold i would sometimes like put some like if I'm like, mm, I was in the room all day and we're playing this team that I don't really, I would play something crazy. Like sometimes even just like motivation video, you know, I would just like, oh, you can do it. You know, you're the best. Like, okay, I'm fired up. So try to like kind of find yourself in that. Like, yeah. how do you like to feel before the match and try to put yourself maybe in that box? Like if you pay attention before every match, usually when when the ref gives us like a sign or announces my name, I would try to scream like when I'm getting out to the court, 
just to get it a little going, you know, like I would scream. It's my, electric. My partner would like laugh. I would like scream when the warm up. I was like, let's go, let's go. Come on. I did. It's electric. Uh, listen, moving, moving to other sports for a minute. The, the reason why a lot of fighters, I'll just go to combat sports because MMA is my, my favorite uh, spectator sport. And I'm, yeah. I'm um, I would, what you would call an enthusiast, if not a purist. And a lot of fighters who've already retired, but at the same time want to go back for one more match. It's not because they enjoy the training. They're all, they're already, they're beaten up, you know, sparring. Right? They're they done with that. And it's not because of the danger, because the danger is always there every time they fight. The entrance, coming in, your music being played, everybody got their hands out trying to, you know, shake hands with you and, and just coming out. Um, and this is a UFC. Uh, a lot of boxers talk about this. Uh, wrestling, uh, which is sports entertainment. Um, there's, they say there's nothing in the world, nothing more electric than coming out to this music. And everybody's like, bo, 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 bo. You um, also, going back to what you were talking about, you cracked the code on finding the balance between when do I need to take what I've learned in practice and put it in these training groups, whether I'm playing with my partner or other people. And when do I just need to, to just do this, right? Because to me, I'm just going to say this, and this is going to hurt a lot of feelings, but uh, I don't give a damn. You will not find something that's more of a waste of your time and sometimes your, your valuable resources and your money than doing training groups. It is just, it is just, I'm, a, I'm saying this as a coach too, which is, doesn't do me any favors. It is a waste of time if you're not coming into there with something that you practice. Qatar, do you see Qatar do, do training groups? No, it, it's it's refined coaching. I had, I had Sharif on the podcast and he's like, nope, it's private and we need to bring someone in. One, you know, the same way the top players do or are doing with you guys, right? Yeah. They, that's what they're doing. It's, it's not like, oh, oh, you know, um, we, we want to see you get better. Get that, get the hell out of here with that. They know they know what they're doing when they invite you, okay? Um, and Qatar, if they want to scrimmage someone, the Spaniards are always there. Guerrero and her are down to travel everywhere, right? They, uh, their passport stamp, probably, this, their passport probably looks like a, you know, <laughs> looks like Phyllis Diller's face. Um, so you have, have realized something. You took a step out. All right, this is good for this. This is good for this. What's good for me? Boom. And that is golden because it allows you to thrive out here in Hermosa Beach instead of um, being, I'm not going to say a drop in the bucket. But like someone that in, in in this rating system where everyone wants to rate you a type of player, someone who remains who remains and will always remain in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Right? Lev, no, I'm not gonna hurt your feelings. That's where you are right now. That's where you are right now because you're good. But in order for you to change to, to be better, there are certain things you have to change about your game. And if it stays the same, the result's gonna be the same. You're gonna be better than the teams you're better than you're gonna beat the teams you're better than, you're gonna lose the teams that are better than you. There, there are going to be no major upsets because of that. So, and and Lev, Lev, I wanted on the podcast uh, so so much because I want to see how that guy that guy's mind works, right? The man's an academic, right? You 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 got your master's sure. in computer science, sure. right? These so for my my fans, and I'm rambling on, but I just wanted to cite some of these guys that they're just 
high school kids, you know, didn't want to go to college. No, we got some smart dudes here. This man has a master's degree in computer science, right? Uh, Lev has his PhD in some some kind of crazy, crazy, you know, he's probably in a lab, you know, inventing inventing fake boobs or something. <laughs> I don't know, right? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? But I wanted to commend that you came in early and stepped away uh, off the stage. I'll use a theater reference. See what the stage looks like. Uh, dress rehearsal, tech rehearsal. This is where I fit in, and this is where I can get better. So, uh, very, very good. You're um, what part of Serbia are you from? I'm from Novi Sad. Um, it's the best city in the world. <laughs> Actually, uh, no, I think my I, my homegirl Svetlana was from there. Uh, East Coast girl. She played for LIU. Yeah, I, I know um, Svetlana. Yeah. She's cool. I'm from New York, so I got she go to Central Park every day, and you know she play with the guys. She get beat up with the guys, but. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If you got, the, if you could take care of that first hit, we don't care. Like you, pickup games, I don't care. You probably don't care who you could play with, but if you could take care of first hit, you were alright. You know? For sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She played on the national team a little bit. Uh, I think a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And she Pottstown Rumble, one of the biggest grass tournaments, actually the most grueling tournament in all of volleyball. It's grass side out to 15. On the second, the last week of June, in the hottest place in America. Yeah, I play no grass. I it's tried once. Night lights. And... It's all day, all night, and all day again. Side out. Yeah, you but... play against me, and if we we pass, and guess what? An hour goes by, and it's still five five. I know. I know. I love it. I yeah. love. I love the idea. It's just yeah. She won. She won is... that twice with uh, Ola. She too, won with Ola. Too rough. Too rough for her. Yeah, Alexandra Vukovic, Ola. She won with Ola. So, nice. but I mean, I don't even know why I brought her up. But so that part of Serbia, let's ask the golden questions because I, I, it'd be podcast malpractice for me not to ask this. How'd you get into volleyball? Everyone knows well, how I got in. How'd you get in? As I mentioned, uh, both of my parents were volleyball players, and then they have indoor clubs. So since I was a kid, throwing ball, then slowly peppering with parents, you know, then. They would go, since they stopped playing indoor already, um, they would go to the beach volleyball. Obviously, like, the reason why I moved to U.S. is there's no beach volleyball in Serbia. When I say that, I mean there's no beach volleyball that you can play all year. There's no indoor right. facilities. There's just summer that you can play outside when there's no rain and it's not too cold. So we play for a couple months. So my parents would go and play, and we were really, like, I have two sisters Three of us would go with them and just play in sand. So slowly we kind of like figure out, you know, then when we got a little older, like play with them, you know, like me and my whatever, me and my mom or me and my sister against mom and dad. And then slowly, you know, like I got a little taller, a little stronger, you know, like then it was like, okay, like let's figure out how we're going to do these teams. And, you know, every, every vacation I would, they, they joke, you know, like we would go to Greece and I would wake up at 7 a.m. and be like, okay, let's go, let's go play. And they're like, oh, let's just drink coffee, eat breakfast, and then we'll go. You know? <laughs> and they still joke about that. Like, we put him in sand, and he still didn't get out of the sand. You know, nice. like, I'm still 28 and still in sand. Did you play indoor? I played indoor, yeah. So Serbia doesn't have beach, so I grew up playing indoor. My dream was obviously to, to be an indoor player. And then... What position? Um, I was an outside. And then, like, the, the, the older I was getting... The more they were like, okay, you're not tall enough, you know, you're you're not jumping enough, and pretty much like Serbia is top indoor, one of the top indoor countries. Yeah, look at Gerbic so, and Gerbic. They're yeah, not, they're not terribly tall players, right? Well, the Gerbic, brothers, they're, right? They're taller and they're jump higher. How how tall are we talking about? Like they're almost two meters. Like Vanya is almost two meters, and okay. that, and Nikola is the setter. So right. 
Um, in Serbia, who, who like, by the way, can block. Is, sure. is a really uh, disciplined blocker. Well, my mom was a setter. She wanted me to be a setter, right. but I wanted to be like my dad, which is outside. Mm -hmm. So um, basically, I was playing in Vojvodina, which is the best the best team in the country, and selection was really rough. Like, if you're not two meters or you're not flying, right. you're not being outside. So when I got to seniors, they told me, like, okay, there these outsides, they're in front of you. You can be a libero. And that was the moment where I was like, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm transitioning to beach because I was already in the national team. I experienced playing European world champs, you know, like I play my world champs, I think 12 years ago, which is kind of crazy. Uh, time flies. Yeah, but, no doubt, dude. But yeah. yeah, so I slowly transitioned to beach. And then when I figure out that I want to play pro and there's no pro in, in Europe, in Serbia, actually, there is in Europe, but in Serbia in general, um, I started coming to US and then year by year, um, I met Marine, my girlfriend, and then we decided to move to California and that's when I got my I'm actually, while you're visa. talking, I'm actually looking for the play, the, um, the gold medal play that, okay. like, that like, yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. That, that we all remember, but okay. cool. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you remember his Gerbich, um, yeah, he played a ball, like he had to play the ball and, and like jumped into the crowd and played it back and then came back and, and then blocked the um, yep. Krasilnikov or sure. something like that. Um, no, not Krasilnikov. Um, I forgot the opposite. Just a booming Russian guy, man. But that was awesome. It was because yeah. we all remember that. You were probably a child or just or, or watching video back in the day. So yeah, but I, I cool. know the player. Is your is your girlfriend Serbian too? Uh, no, my girlfriend's French. Uh, so we met in Florida. Um, Four, three and a half years ago mm -hmm. and uh, since we were both Europeans you know and we both play volleyball like we we start talking and uh, one thing led to another and then um, she she was playing indoor at that time at Lynn University yeah and um, she got a scholarship to play for LMU um, oh cool yeah here with, with John Mayer and I know that here's the play wait here's the play check it out brings it back yeah, for sure it's one of the best plays ever mm -hmm. in indoor volleyball it's and he comes insane. back, the same guy who brought, who brought the ball back in, got the block. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. So, dude, you're talking about LMU. I, I, I was um, John Mayer's assistant. So uh -huh. I was there for two years. I was his assistant um, 2018 and 2019. That's awesome. And then I left to do our color commentary for P1440. Because they had gigs for, like, the Big West Championship game and, for sure. you know, all the Pepperdine's home games. So, But, John, so talk to me about your girlfriend. So, basically, when she got an offer, she got an offer for, for LMU, and then she got an offer for UCLA. And offer for LMU was a little bigger, like, kind of covering housing or something. Yeah. But I really love John. Like, I, I didn't meet him in, the, in that time. Mm -hmm. But I just know his work. I know how he's player, how he is his player. I was already listening to his podcast, and I'm like, "Babe, this guy's genius!" Like, he really if is. you wanna, because she was just moving to beach, like she wasn't really experienced in like, she was just playing in France, but she never like played a whole like whole season, like you know, twelve months, you know, practice every day. Like she didn't know the story behind like how you actually understand beach. Um, so. I was like, this guy is going to teach you everything. And, you know, after this, you're going to be a completely different player. And she followed, yeah. she, she followed what I told her. She accepted LMU. And they were really, like, on conversation. Him and Betsy were just super nice to yeah, her. Yeah, Betsy so. was the assistant. And um, Aaron Mansfield, um, actually, a girlfriend came after Aaron. Aaron was the uh, indoor head coach for women. Yeah, so I, when, I, when I was with John, it was Betsy, Aaron, and, and me. I was the director yeah. of operations. But Betsy is also, like, yeah. as, as we all know, amazing yeah. player. So 
And uh, yeah, and not functioning as a head coach, he's perfect. As an assistant, she's that's it's perfect. No, it was it was such a good environment, mm-hmm. and uh, Marine learned a lot, and um, I, I I I'm so happy that she got mm-hmm. through that. Um, and then she had obviously me on on the other hand as helping her a little bit with like the feedback that I have um, as a coach slash player, you know, throughout the years. So um, the funny thing about me is like I didn't have that many coaches. Um, Serbia had a couple of good players who were teaching us, but no no coaches who were on like su- right. successful in the world tour. Right. Uh, more like players teaching us. So. I had to learn a lot by myself. I had to learn how to game, how game improves by myself. Like talking to other players, another coaches, listening like podcasts, watching other videos, like trying to analyze, analyze them, analyze my game, and I learned everything with with my own thoughts. So I kind of think I understand the game a lot because I had to go through this. But I'm also 28 when I feel yeah. like I finally understand it, and now now I can kind of make deliberate practices and understand how I play better with my emotions and what are my weaknesses. You know, it took, it took a time. If you have really good coaches, now you're Swedish guys, you're 17 and you're at the same spot where where I am. Cause you already put in these years that I was putting, but somebody was already teaching you instead of you had to spend double time to learn yourself. If that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, it was just a shortcut for Marine. Like, boom, you're going there. You're going to learn a lot. I'll help you. And after two years, she came out like amazing player. Well, it's a pretty easy choice with respect to Stein Metzger, right? Um, Stein Metzger um, has had really good assistant coaches at the time. Jeff Alzina, who I think is one of the best coaches in America uh, as far as top three coaches. He's at Santa Clara right now, but Jeff was his assistant. You know, Johnson was his assistant. And But if you look at volleyball minds, that choosing between John Mayer and Stein Metzger, Matt respects the Stein, but I'm choosing John Mayer any day of the week and twice on For Sunday. For sure, if we talk, uh, um, if we talk coaches, but yes. if we talk like, hey, UCLA, yeah, you're like, damn, no, I, but you, I, I could but be UCLA. UCLA, like, look, there's some respect in like, of course, being there's a, a alumni for UCLA. All right, know? we have an old saying. I'm just gonna give it to you, real. All right, I'm from New York, so we have this thing for indoor. When you see talented West Coast players, it's the players, right? When you see talented Midwest players, it's the coaches. When you see talented East Coast players, it's the immigrants. It's the immigration <laughs> population. So that's been a general like rule as, as long as I've been playing volleyball. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Stein because Stein has actually made the UCLA the finals with UCLA with less talent. I remember Savvy Simo was his lone senior one year and they still made the finals. So he he is he's a good coach. He's a very good coach. And some would say he's a great coach. But having talking to Stein on a limited basis, but having worked with John. No, you, you, you talk to John once and you you leave that conversation. You feel like you were in the head of a you were in the head of a genius. I completely agree. He is. Yeah. And the thing the, the reason why a lot of people don't want to play for him is because of the volume of work that he requires for you to prepare for a match. Uh, uh, so, some yeah. girls, some girls want to find an easier way. Uh, and UCLA is always going to have talent, right? Like Sarah Sponsel left LMU. Sure. She left LMU to play for John. Good for her, right? She won two two chips, right? Um, Bo, Bo Kulo, who's from um, Croatia, right? She transferred from Florida State. She played for John, but eventually she wound up at USC. So there's some people that, that leave because the volume of work that he requires to prepare you for the match is not, maybe it's unconventional. Maybe it's too much. 
information for some girls. But in practice and process, there's no such thing as too much information. You know when you know it's too much information is a bad thing when you're in a freaking game. All right. Dude, I was but, coaching Jeff Samuels, and I'm like, I couldn't say more than five words that I got before. It's like too much information, too it, much yeah, information. So it really mm -hmm. depends on the person, right? And, and like, if you coach, the more you mm -hmm. coach, you figure out like, you know, I help Marine a lot, obviously, mm -hmm. and then I know myself, and I know other people, and depending on the person, you have to filter how many informations are you giving. Some people are just like, mm -hmm. tell me like one thing, tell yeah. me two things. Yep. Uh, my partner, he never watches tape. Right. I think that's our weakness as a team, but still, he doesn't want to watch a tape because he feels he gets overwhelmed and then he cannot focus on what he's doing. He'll get paralysis through analysis. I watch Par every paralysis single... through analysis. That's what we call that. But go ahead. But I watch every single match. Mm -hmm. Like be before every match, I watch a couple videos. I would spend hours. Like mm -hmm. if I have a night before a match, I would spell spend all night figuring out what they're what they do even though i watch the team a million times i practice with them yep when i practice i don't focus on that but mm -hmm. i'm preparing a match i'm coming with with a plan yep. and um i love overload information on the coaching if you're coaching me i love like give me you need to lean on this lag and then you need to turn your head here and then yep. your hand needs to be like but some people don't like that. No, so you're, feel, you're just a nerd too, though, I, right? Yeah. This is your escapism became your career. I really feel like <laughs> it, it depends, you know, like it depends. Yeah, it depends on the on the person. You know, some mm -hmm. people just it's not that they don't want to be good. You know, it's not that they give at less effort. It's just like they figure out that overloading information doesn't work for them. Right. And, you know, like um, it really depends. But talking about coaches. If there are two coaches in NCAA that I would love to be coached, and I told that to Maureen, it's definitely John and mm -hmm. Todd Rogers. I'm like, Todd's a I want to be, I, I literally told her I'm so jealous. Like, yeah. I'm so jealous. I'm like, she was telling me like every time what they did in practice and yeah. what John was challenging them. And, you know, you like, should listen to that episode. Dude, and I had him on the podcast. Dude, it's, it's just like yeah. him and Todd are such a yeah. nerds. He's a professor. Well, he was They're like amazing do you know why amazing though, they were kind of coaches before they retired from playing but they were like they called todd the professor right so you knew when he stopped playing you're like that guy that maybe phil ain't gonna coach maybe maybe phil's gonna coach kids for fun right what he's doing he's doing in florida but you're like no that dude's gonna be a coach but that's mm -hmm. i i'm not even talking about coaching but that brain yeah understanding volleyball that good that's what made them good as players it's yeah. like if you can learn and understand volleyball, you can be a good player or a coach. Doesn't matter because you own it. You you understand it. Well, delivery is important too, right? For sure, for sure. But I'm like, how it's many, amazing how they understand volleyball. Right. How many people know more than John? A lot. But how many people deliver it like John? How many people disseminate the information? How many people make sense? I, this is why. This is why you can have someone who's never dribbled a basketball in his life be a better coach than someone who has two NBA rings, yeah. right? Isaiah Thomas will never, ever be better than Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly has never dribbled a basketball in his life. He coached the bad boys. He coached all of those personalities to two rings, right? Charlie Sullivan, who's at Springfield Springfield College, in my opinion, is a better coach than John Spara. And if you ask John Spara, he'll say, I'm right. So this whole thing, like you have to play the game to, to coach the game, is absolute nonsense. Why? Because they're two different occupations. They're two different. They're, they're two different jobs, which is why John. Well, uh, how does John? I, I would not. Stein agree. had a better career than John. 
I would not but, agree but yet John, with that. John has all of his recruits stolen from him by USC and UCLA, and is always in the NCAA championship. In fact, beat UCLA the, the, the first round at LSU the same day in 2021. I think your girlfriend was on that team. So, so I'm not making an argument completely the other way. I'm just taking exception of these narcissistic, egotistical guys who think that just because they're playing, they're entitled to be this great coach. You're not. They're two different occupations. Salt's color commentary. So that's why Marv Albert will always be a better color commentator than Magic Johnson. That's why Jeff Van Gundy, who never played in the NBA, will always be a play-by-play guy and better color commentator than... You pick it. Then LeBron James. They're, they're, the, the job of playing professional sports, being a player, and the job of talking about it are two different occupations. Um, if, if you let me add it. No, sure, please. I got to let, let you get a word in. I Sorry, would, man. <laughs> I, would, I would not 100% agree with that in a way of um, good player. I agree with that part. Good player doesn't mean you're like great player. Doesn't mean you're a great coach. Okay. But, well, they're not going to hurt your game. But right. I do feel that to be a good coach, uh, you would probably need to be a good player. So what do I mean by this? Yep. If you, and we're talking beach volleyball. Basketball is a little different. Beach volleyball, yeah. really hard sport. Lucas Wagner. If you never played, Germany. it's so hard to understand the wind and the tactic and the different serves and the tendencies in in basketball and some some other sports, there's it's a little easier where like not that many factors are involved. But I don't know that many beach volleyball coaches who never like I almost no, don't know coaches who never played. Like almost all beach volleyball coaches, we're talking let's say world tour, not NCAA, but we talk world tour. Almost all those people played. It's that easier. Are... It's actually easier. Are you kidding? Exactly. Try you... being a football coach with a three a fifty three person roster where they have wind, where they have rain, right? And they and they can't call off the game because of that, right? Try being a head coach who's never played football in his life and he's a head coach. Bill Parcells never played in the NFL. He's one of the best coaches of all time. Bill Belichick, a play a a, a coach at West Point under Bill Parcells. These guys have never played the game. I'm and I'm I'm going to support your argument. I will tell you that someone that played the game who decides to become a coach will never hurt your game. They're just levels to how much they can hurt. They can help. And if they get outworked by someone who spends more time in a video room and becomes a better coach than them, they cannot in their ego and their narcissism be dismissive because that guy's never played, especially after he's demonstrated success. No, I completely agree. What what (laughs) I wanted to say is like, you're a great player. If you don't know how to transfer the information, what you said, you're not a great coach. No. If you're a great player, but you know how to transfer information, now you're so valuable. Like that, that path of explaining is yep. so much faster than than you just like a random player who just you know like mm-hmm. being on the Todd Rogers being on top level. He knows how to explain like you need to do this in order to win. And yep. I feel also because you were on the top level, you get a little respect and a little less that from players on like when you tell them something they're 100%. not like i don't know because the other coach told me this no it's like todd rogers just told me this. he's like, a gold medalist as I, a player yeah and I they like, use that ridiculous non sequitur to take his word over the other guy like imagine that you're like i'm not even remembering what other coaches told me because yeah. todd just told me this you know so it's a it's a big respect if you were like if you were an amazing player, but obviously do those build champions? You know, though? coaches do they, they build champions? There's, there's they build players, right? And they're not going to hurt their game, but do, but did that did, can that guy build a champion? 
I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure, like, those people, like, the good coach, like, again, we talk about John Mayer, right? Yeah. Um, John Mayer, he coached Betsy, you know? He yeah. coached Andy. Yep. He coached uh, Billy Allen. Billy Allen, yeah. Like, yeah. Long-time he coached, friends, yeah. He coached champions, yep. you know? And the thing is, like, because LMU is not winning those championships. Those people were champions before John was their coach. I don't know. Well, maybe not doesn't, Banesh. Doesn't matter. Maybe not Banesh. But Billy Allen already won with Theo Brunner before John my, my point even is hit like, that coaching trip. We can We can't judge them in the NCAA just because it depends on budget. Right. You know, like, if John Mayer has unlimited budget, obviously he would have crazy good team. Mm-hmm. But if you watch John Mayer's, like, when Marine was there, you watch their lineup, you're like, whew, I don't know if this lineup is going to be great. But John makes them good. Yes. John makes that team of... Mm-hmm. He, this is insane. He watched Marine's tape mm-hmm. before she actually played like any crazy good tournaments. She played against uh, Lily and Larissa and she, she took them to three. But she has no like strategy. You know, she's playing like simple strategy. You know, like she's pooling. She's a great pooler, you know, like swings couple. And he saw that video, even though Marine is not beach volleyball, like pro beach volleyball player. Right. He's like, I see something in it. And he gives Marine full scholarship without actually like seeing her in person play. Mm-hmm. So like that's how how important it is when you have a lower budget to like recognize the talent. Mm-hmm. That in the end, Marine was the second seed in that LMU team. Yeah. So John just makes players. He yeah. takes whatever like he feels this is a a good talent, and he He's boom. So good, end dude. of the season, you compare players, you're like, I cannot believe this. You difference. want to talk about someone who does more with less? Look, when I when I. The season before I, I I entered that coaching pool, right? They were six and thirteen. He just got them, and he was barring indoor players. You know, he just he just got there, right? Um, Betsy, of course, you know she's LMU. She the girl bleeds red, so you know she's gonna be there in some respect. And then the year I came, you know, I'm a pure indoor guy, by the way. This is John was my beach mentor. I I learned the beach game from two people, <laughs> Oz Borges. A, a crazy Cuban guy who now lives in Florida, who's a skill set Nazi, and the other guy who no one talks about. He's on. Um, I have, a, I have a. I'll show you a picture. There's a picture behind you, but he. Um, and there's a story behind him in the coaching pool. But the other guy was John Mayer, and it's and John Mayer, just having you understand the why, having you understand weighing your options, uh, a huge, huge guy on controllables, right? You know, you, we could have that conversation about things For you can sure. control that the other team can't make you not do, right? Yeah. Uh, on-court controllables, right? Uh, I'll give you a couple. In-system setting, right? I'll give you a perfect pass. The other team can't make you set poorly. That's a controllable, right? Where your starting position is to navigate like some of these down ball situations or pull situations. No one can make you not play the right spot. Yeah. Serve. 100% control, right? So... What the hell? We're having a little fun. Give me an example of an on-the-court controllable or an off-the-court controllable. Something you can you have complete control of that the other team cannot make you not do. I for sure like what you mentioned, the serve. Um, serve was definitely one That's of 100%, the things. That's 100%, yeah. It was one of the things that I struggled for a while, and I just felt I, – I never found my float, and mm-hmm. I still don't have a good float. Right. And that's why I tried jump serving for years, and like, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I risk, I make three errors per set, and I get zero to one aces. Or I make five errors. Sounds and then, like good numbers to me. And then I would make like, <laughs> but it's still zero to one. Some some set zero. So I risk, but I don't get a reward. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just try Skyball. 
And I love that. More and more and more. And I'm going you, back on my computer. <laughs> okay. you're, you're not going to believe, but I serve Skybolt because it's more efficient, if that makes sense. It's more efficient than the jump serve for me. You can set up your defense. You can watch it. You can, you can, but I'm not even, and you're watching a ball. You're I'm watching not, like all three contacts. I'm not even talking about, tell me, getting, getting them like to like look up or, you know, giving myself time. I'm just talking about how many errors and how many points. All right. I miss less and I win more points. So it was obvious for me, like, stop jump serving, start skyballing. Just works better for you. And then in the end, you get a reward that crowd likes it. So, Maybe you become a, a crowd pleaser if, if you do it I enough. I had one on your Facebook wall that I was watching. I was scrolling through your wall or whatever and looking at all your sponsors. I'm glad you got some sponsors. Congratulations, side out. Uh, is the e-bike one of the th things too? Is that one of your sponsors as well? Uh, are, you, are, you just, are you just doing it for the world? Are you, are you, are you doing that to save the world? Are you Captain Planet? Um, I, I, like to, I like to share you know, like the companies yeah. there that I like and Gosh, you know, that I kind I of – uh, partner up with you know and stuff like that and e-bike that i'm using right now is amazing and you know i recommend i love it because it looks like a regular bike it don't sure. even look like this heavy ass yeah right it doesn't oh and you... then you know the side out they they came they're trying to bring that comeback of the old brand you know that mm -hmm. that was super popular like what like 20 years ago um and i just enjoy being a part of like you know this kind of bigger story Mm -hmm. It's not just clothing. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, I would walk on the street and some guy would like just stop me. He's like, is that side out? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, like. It's I, my favorite movie. And I, he's, <laughs> he's like, I used to watch like people play beach volleyball like 20 years ago. They used to wear that. I'm like, yeah, they're bringing it back. They're like, sick. Yep. So it's just like, it's Here's fun your, being a part of the, oh, of let's, the biggest. Let's see your sky ball for a sec. That makes Jeff Samuel smile. There goes Ian Bicko. There's a nice touch. What do you say, it's, kiddo? I mean, uh, it's it's me learning how to block. It was a yeah. uh, that was a first was, event. Um, that was a first Huntington event for Beach, me, right? For me and Lila. That was a qualifier, yeah, in yeah. Huntington. Yeah. Huntington Beach. Yeah, for the people listening, last year, um, the Chicago qualifier was at Huntington Beach. The AVP trying to catch people on some not ready stuff, right? And it's like, okay, I need a partner. Lilo, come on, let's go. What are you doing? I'm a block. <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah me. <laughs> so, yeah, one of my girls was in it. Natalie Miskowski. Nice. She um. I've been coaching her when she was 13 all the way to 16 years old, and she had a gnarly bracket. In fact, first round was tough, second round. Third round, she had to play the Brazilians. Oh, yeah. Somehow, someway won that. Wow. Yeah, the 20 years old, right? And then you, and then they, I don't know who they lost to, but they, they lost their playing game. But the Brazilians was clearly the biggest victory of her career. For right, sure. she's 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 at UCLA and she's doing her junior year. Nice. But that's another example, like Dane Selesnik, right? Longtime coach, who some of the kids look up to. He has a story to reflect on. So you know, for Dane, good for you. You get to jump in front of that parade, uh, um, <laughs> and no one no no one ever no one knows that I actually coached that girl for four years. Right, I was there when she I was there for her to sign her commitment letter actually, because nice. her sister went to USC. Because Anna Coyer at the time recruited her sister because they knew that they were close. So she tried to get the sister to recruit her. And Natalie, in the biggest gangster move of all, said, I'm going, I'm going to play for Stein. Nice. <laughs> so I want to talk about 
before we got in the podcast, uh, um, let's talk a little bit about your girlfriend. You, you you coach her here and there, like a little bit whenever you get the chance. And some of these things that you, as a player, right? Because like look, we both agree that good players as, can never hurt your game as a coach. It just levels to how much they can help. Can they help this much? Can they help John John Mayer much? Can they help Dane, Dane much, right? Um, is there anything you walk away from some of the practices, the games that you kind of like remind her and then you tell yourself like, wait, do I do that? Am I, am I, am, is, are, am I minding my P's and Q's on that too? Do you know what I'm asking you right now? Um, is there something like one or two, maybe one thing, maybe two things, maybe nothing. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just full of, full of crap asking this question. But um, is there something where you're like, Hey, look, right hand in her face, left hand press. And then like maybe your next practice, like, wait, I just told her that. Am I doing that? Yeah. So I I would not like catch myself like, oh, like mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. I would straight away tell her like, hey, like this is what you're supposed to do. I know because I'm also not doing it. And I know that's the right way. And, you know, like I would be like, if you're if you're playing that type of of attacker, you need to do this. And but if you move early, you know, like they're going to see you. I know because I move early, you know, mm -hmm. so I kind of try, try to teach her by my experience. Again, what I said, I spent years trying to learn this game and I just want to speed it up for people. You know, like mm -hmm. if if anybody would ask me for advice, I would be like, this is what you need to do just because it took me years. It took me years to learn this game. So. Anything I can like, kind of help her and speed no. speed up her her improvement. I try to give her, and you know, like it's also like other way around. Um, I love having like Marine as uh, as my girlfriend, like it's a, so a, a, cool. be, a beach volleyball player that uh, that can actually help you. You know, like get a little like a little relief, you know, and a, a little like weight off. Um, I would like try to prepare a match. And then she'll be like, hey, do you want me to look as well? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. Because she's super smart on strategy. So um, she would watch and she would give me her feedback. Like, hey, I think like you should serve this guy and do this, this, and this. And then I would look my notes and I'll be like, we're on the same page. Maybe I can implement this as well. Thanks for letting me know, you know. And other way around, like she would prepare. I want her to prepare her own match, like when she's playing. Mm -hmm. If she would ask me like, hey, can you prepare a match? I'd be like, yeah, if you prepare it. Like, I'll, I'll help you, but I want you to, like, kind of, I want, for me, there's something, I want you to see it. If you know that they do a cut shot, and right. I tell you, hey, like, uh, Jay Crucia cut shots all the time, which yeah. everybody knows. But if you don't see it on tape, you don't know how he's going to cut it. Uh, you're right. You yeah. got to see the way he, like, wraps around the ball. Mm -hmm. So you can know, like, in the game, like, oh, I see the arm. I know where location is going to be in this cut. Yep, patterns, because patterns, disguises. Yeah, because right? there's different yeah. cuts, right? So mm -hmm. for me, like, we can help each other, you know. So same how I'm trying to help her, she can help me, and you know, like, it's it's something special having like beach volleyball partner, you know, like. Amen. Um, you know, as as a relationship, especially like. Being we're, a beach volleyball player, right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can being, finish that sentence for me. Being Go a beach volleyball player is not easy, right? No. Like you travel a lot, you know, you spend a lot of time on the beach where for other people you're like you're on the beach instead of working you know instead of getting money and you know like and i'm like yeah but this is my dream and like her being a beach volleyball player she understands the dream she she supports me fully you know and when i come home you know like i can there's a difference between like i call it regular people and beach yes, volleyball players 100%. when i come back home and i'm like hey i just beat 
doesn't matter. Like Taylor and Taylor, she's like, oh my God. But if I go and I tell my friend who never plays volleyball, hey, I just be Taylor and Taylor, he's like, oh, that's nice. Cool. Like, Friday, you know? Oh, oh, that's nice. That so, must have been cool. You're like, yeah. shut up. What do you mean that must have been cool? That's great. It's like my, my parents, my parents follow me for years. You know, they kind of know players, but Marini's there, right? She knows all the players. She's on tour. She's hopefully like on AVP next year. I mean, this year so don't you love that type of person though i just beat the tailors oh yeah i can see the beach from my house <laughs> just like shut, shut up did you hear what i just said <laughs> yeah so you know it's no, it's amazing it's amazing you, you know sharing those like sharing yeah. those happy moments but Hell also yeah. like coming frustrated and you know if you don't have anybody to tell like mm -hmm. what, what was bothering you it's kind of like stays with you but i'll go home i'll be like i sucked on practice i couldn't get defense i couldn't get this and that She'd be like, hey, you know, do this. Or like, hey, don't worry, next time this. Or right. you know, it's just like, it helps even if I just tell her, you know, and other way around, obviously. And I'm a volleyball geek. Yeah. I talk volleyball a lot, you know, and like, I live volleyball. I, my family's was in volleyball. So for me, it's just nice to stay in that volleyball environment. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, there's also, and I wanted to say this to the camera. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I want to look at the camera when I'm saying this. Look. If you're in a relationship where the dude smokes weed, you got to smoke weed too, okay? <laughs> if you're in this relationship where neither one of you smoke or one's a vegan or or, ve or vegetarian for religious yeah. reasons, yeah, that's an excuse to be a snob. But um, for, for if you're a vegan or a vegetarian for, let's say it's for religious reasons, you know that ain't going to work. <laughs> you know that ain't going to work. But if, if you're, you know what I'm saying? So the point I'm trying to get at, it's really, really beneficial to have someone in your relationship that also plays a sport. For sure, this it's not because they don't feel like, no because they don't feel like they're sacrificing time. Yeah. It, doesn't, uh, it doesn't have to be, but it helps if that no, makes sense. No, but you know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't feel like they're sacrificing time or or being or being a good sport so you can travel. They're traveling. Sure. They get it. For they sure. get it. There's nothing. There's nothing in the world like having a partner in your relationship that understands. Even if she, let's say she doesn't play volleyball, but let's say she knows sports. Let's say her, she's from an athletic family and maybe she's an academic. Even that kind of person gets it. Yeah. That kind of person actually wants to be at the games. And like this one, my, my wife, two state championships at Parkersburg High School, played, you know, got recruited to Harvard to play tennis and volleyball. Um, she gets it. Like if I'm commentating, she gets it. You know, I'm, I'm. She's like, I ain't going with you, but I know where you're at, and I know you're having fun, and that's all. That's all I care about. Yeah. What a great relationship. No, what it's a, amazing. What a great relationship. It's amazing. We get Actually. to travel together. Like some mm -hmm. tournaments, we we went to Morocco together. We went oh, to Austria Morocco. together. Oh. Uh, I I don't even know. We went. We played like in Serbia. We played in France. We we played like multiple tournaments together, mm -hmm. and it's just so nice. You know, yeah. like just watching each other, being in the same place, like staying together, mm -hmm. like. I yeah. like two years ago, I won a futures in Turkey and she was there. Um, and it was just nice kind of being in the room with her. And, you know, like after the match going in your like happy, happy place, you know, like your safe environment. Yeah. And my partner, his girlfriend was there. So he goes with her girl with his girlfriend. And it was just like our best tournament because we were not together nonstop. It was just like we were with our girlfriends. We would meet before the match, warm up, boom, 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 go back. You know, yeah. and it was just, it was the best tournament, you know. So I feel 
again, you don't have to have someone who's volleyball player. No, you but just I feel I'm lucky. You know, I feel I'm Hell lucky, yeah, you're to, lucky to have it. You know? and, she, and she is too. She'll be the first one to tell you she's lucky too. Uh, and not just that, you're 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 this charismatic person. You're this hardworking person, and there's nothing. Listen, besides washboard abs, there's nothing that turns on a girl more than a guy who works hard. When when a when a woman sees her man out there working hard, getting it in, coming home exhausted from the hard work he put in, dude, it's red panty night, man. It is it is fun. There's nothing. There's not a bigger turn on. There's not a bigger turn off to women than arrogance, right? You could have a good looking guy, but if he knows it, you can't ha have anyone around it. You you're good looking, you know, but you don't you don't harp on that. So, but your work ethic, uh, your ability to recognize man equals man is 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 a great human trait never mind someone that a woman would want to be around for you i if leaving this podcast i will tell all of my friends what do you what do you think of him i'm like that's the kind of guy i want my daughter to date but not my son to fight hmm. <laughs> a true Amer a true american hero <laughs> so so I'm, I'm complimenting you but it comes from this this very important place and the cool thing is uh, i like about you is and I have a quote from Shannon Sharp because I'm a big football fan. Never judge someone by their stand, by where they stand, because you don't know how they got there. Yeah. Never judge. Nora is a, actually a great example of that. For Never sure. judge someone by where they're standing, because you have no idea how they got there. For sure. And so I, I would I would kind of add something on you saying like about my worth work ethic. Um, I too. I come up from a country that doesn't have beach volleyball. No. I left my life. My family, my friends, my studies, like I was software engineer, yep. um, software developer. I and I was pretty good at it at that time. I left everything I could use some help, dude. <laughs> I left everything to follow my dream. And for me, like not giving hundred percent is like it it's it would be this, the most regrettable thing you've ever done in your life. To me. It's yeah. like I cannot do that to myself. Right. If I left everything, I gotta work hundred percent i gotta give everything i can in order to see and for me it was always i talk on other podcasts about this mm -hmm. yeah it's about seeing how far i can go so i gotta give every single thing yeah and i would even ask myself am i giving everything and usually the answer is no i can definitely give more i can do more and this is probably the first year that i feel i'm giving hundred percent your like, stars on the rise man. i i added conditioning twice a week i i'm going to gym three times a week i'm doing practices on the beach almost every single day now i also hire the coach so i'm not coaching myself anymore. who's your coach um i i practice a lot with evie so I feel, oh evie yeah evie evie's is great you better help super here. super smart coach and yeah again talking He's a about real one, deliberate dude. practice i told evie i need to learn this in the off season mm -hmm. and having someone just spot you and give you feedback and Obviously, Evie has a lot of success. Like he's coaching Taylor's, who won Manhattan. He's coaching Kelly Kolinsky, who was in when the him finals. and Sarah Hughes won. Yeah. Sarah Hughes and Kelly won on Manhattan Beach yeah. the previous year. So, so um, he has obviously big, big win ton of experience mm -hmm. and big UFC fan, by the way. <laughs> he's a big MMA guy. But so, but basically, um, talking about you know like work ethic, I feel I finally got it. But it's like if you're gonna put in the work, I feel there's nothing that you cannot do. Obviously, like if you're not, if you're completely non-talent, like not talented, and you know you're not coordinated, you're not gonna be a world champion. Mm, right. But 
I was always like, people never believed in me. Uh, most of the, the players, the coaches, I was always on the bench. Like, you know, I'm there, but I'm like, there's someone more talented than you, you know? So I was like a third outside, you know? So I would be on the bench if something like is not working, they would put me in. But like, let's put this guy because he has like a higher ceiling, you know? Right. But I never wrote myself off. I always believed like, I know I can do it. And I, I, I'm giving, I'm saying this because I want to encourage other, other players to like, if you believe that you can do it, if you really want it, you just have to put in the work, but you have to put in a lot of work. Like, don't lie to yourself. Don't be like, I can do this, but you know, I'm going to do a little bit. Like I do it hundred percent. And for years and years and years, I'm not just going there to practice. I'm going with a purpose. Like they say, like work smart, not hard. Right. Right. Well, in my, in my case, like work smart and hard, like me make those deliberate practices, figure out what you want to improve, work really hard on that. And then over and over and over. And you're going to see like, what you're going to see is like, people are going to retire. People are going to give up and people are not going to put enough work like you do. So all of a sudden you're going to start jumping, 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 and you're going to find yourself in a place like I am where I never believed I'm going to be. Like I wanted to play beach volleyball. My dream was to be a pro player to, for my dad to be a pro player is like, you need to make money for me. It was like, I want to be able to live this life and not be in minus still Mm -hmm. is. That's still the goal. Like go play world tour and not be in minus. That's tough. But um, <laughs> that's the challenge. <laughs> but but my my point is, um, if you believe in yourself and if you work hard enough, uh, there is a really really higher ceiling than what people expect you can go to. If 100%. that makes sense, it makes complete sense. Not to mention, um, the more that you have your nose in the work and the blinders, you start worrying less about trying to be good, right? Because trying to be good. It should never be your goal. Trying, being good should be the net result of the working hard and working smart that you that you just aforementioned that you put in. If you if you, if that's the result instead of your goal, because uh, if it's your goal, then 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 it's it's your obstacle at the same time because you're you're not thinking about what uh, um uh, you're not focused completely on what it takes to be good, right? So just be good. You know what I'm saying? And you really mentioned something about being working hard and working smart. But I would also caveat by also saying it does involve giving up some levels of control, right? There's some things you think you're good at. And there's some things you're like, if I think I'm good at this, how come I'm not, I'm not winning? I got to I gotta submit to this and see if this works for me. Try it. It doesn't work. Okay, move on. It's working. Wow. Let's let's keep this sound bitch rolling, right? Let's just keep doing that. I, um, Ev- Evie, um, very good. He's very good with that. He's very, very good with that. Uh, um, Pompilio. Is very very good with that. Leandro um, Pompeo was actually with us within sure. the summer, so that was the story I wanted to tell you before. We had a group of coaches in 2019, uh, juniors club called Endless Summer. I joined them in 2017, but as coaches started moving away, like Andrew Dentler moved away, Miles Evans decided to yeah. play full time. Oz moved. She's like, "Do you know anyone?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I know Jaron, right? So yeah, I know this guy. So I know Jeff Samuels. So Jeff came in. Rob McLean, um, who was a skilled Nazi too." And next thing you know, like 2019, we have Pompilio, we have Arturo. So we have like seven savages. This guy's from Brazil. I'm from, I'm a dirty New Yorker from Brooklyn, right? Jeff Samuels from Flint, Michigan via Florida. Pompeo's from Hio. I think he's from Hio, according to you, but I'm not sure. Uh, um, um, Jaron's from the Philippines, right? And all of us, every Thursday, have this meeting where we share ideas nice. and we argue. It almost comes to, to blows because of you know arguments about new ideas but it's for all sure. for the kids so 2019 you had 19 kids right and we had 13 commitments out of the 19 kids 
Nice. That number has never happened before, and that number will never ever happen again. And every time I think I'm the best coach out there, because you have to have the inner belief to to For sure. to whatever. I sit in a room like with these diverse people. I'm like, man, I don't know <laughs> nothing, <laughs> you know. And I only felt that way one time before, and that was well, twice before. John Mayer and my guy, my my, my mentor, who um. Coach uh, was the assistant coach, a head coach for four Olympic teams. Mario nice. Trebich coached the Netherlands, 92 yeah. and 96. Assistant coach, Soviet Union, 88. And assistant coach, women's American team, 84. Uh, so three silvers and a gold. Nice. So, that's, so that, that, that's the guy you always like, kind of like shut up and listen. I'm definitely shutting up and listening to you more. My, fam- my, my audience is going to be happy. Like I'm talking now, but they're like, thank God he let, he let his guests talk. You have so much to say. This is such a fun podcast, but. And I'm not sure where your hard stop is because I could go all day. Uh, I don't even need to eat. I'm, I'm, eat, I'm eating volleyball right now. So talk to me. Uh, um, and if there's something you wanted to say, we can definitely jump back or say it now. But talk to me the last, pretty much from when Laguna ended, right? And you're putting a little bit of training in and this and that. Talk to me about one area where you think you've shown significant improvement, if not enough improvement. Um, um, Conspicuous improvement uh, um, in your, it can be in a skill set. It could be in your mindset. Um, DJ Klasnik, the floor is yours. So you, you want to, the question is from Laguna till now. Yeah. Yeah. So is that a more difficult challenging? Is no, that a more no, challenging that, question because it's good. off season? No, I, I do that. All um, right, cool. Uh, that I kind of wanted to mention something before that. Cause, Please, cause no. That, that's I didn't want to you me. to forget it because I talked too that's much. That's connected to me is like, and it's connected to your question is, when I say work hard, um, I have this this uh, I, uh, conversation with my with my roommate Tyler. Um, yeah. I, he's 19, and I'm trying to help him, you know, improve. And he practices me a lot. I love drilling with him, and you know, he's always available. He's always ready to go and you know do some volleyball volleyball touches and. Um, we had this conversation of, he asked me like, how, how can I be that good? How can I, you know, like achieve like win medals and, you know, and I'm like, Hey, are you putting the work? He's like, I am. I'm practice every day. I say, okay, like practice every day. That's what people consider hard work, you know? And I guarantee you 80 to 90% of players are, I practice every day. So, you know, I'm going to get better, but it's not about the time that you put in on the court because everybody puts in time on the court. It's like, yeah. how much time do you put in on improvement outside of the court? Which I don't, I don't even talk about mental improvement. I just talk about, do you analyze your game? Do you watch the videos of your game? Do you record your practices? Because I do. Record almost every single practice and watch it after practice to see how was my arm swing? Was I leaning forward? How was my passing? Was I backing up? Was I cross making a cross step instead of shuffle? Um, you know, like how was my finish on the handset? Like was it too fast, too slow? Like, you know, you, you gotta put in the work outside of the court in order to be better. And same for the matches, for the tournaments. Oh, like yeah, I, I practice hard, we're gonna win this match. Okay, but did you put in the work outside of the court? Meaning, did you watch the tape? Did you prepare the strategy? You know, like, did you watch maybe a last match when you lost to them? How did they beat you? Like, controllable. There's, yeah. There's, right? The other team can't make you not watch tape. Go ahead. So, so I asked Tyler, like, how much are you putting outside? He's like, well, you know, I'm like, well, you played games last night on the on the PlayStation for a couple hours. Why didn't you watch someone your size, like Bruno? You know, Bruno Resende and like not Bruno Resende, Bruno, uh, the one that played with Alison, yeah. and you know, like, figure out what he does in attack. And then come to next practice and try that. 
instead of come to next practice and continue where you stop next pra- last practice. It's one of my it's favorite like, players. Yeah. So so for me, like I I really analyze a lot. And I definitely see improvements since Laguna because I really try to see like what am I trying to improve. Uh, something that was challenging this year was I'm really like I'm really like kind of interested, you know, in like things. I really want to I want to I want to figure out. I tried every single serve that exists. That's how I came up with Skybal. I tried every single uh, uh, arm swing. I tried every single shot. I'm pretty sure I can do any shot. Obviously not efficient enough because I tried every single thing. So I don't stick to one thing. So this year I tried like, okay, let's not try every single thing. Let's choose what we want to improve on. And a couple of times I wanted to like lose that path. And I I like snap myself. I'm like, get back to the path. And the goal was obviously like defense. And defense was my like ultimate goal for like off season. And I've been putting in the work with conditioning. So when I say conditioning, I do a lot of like, um footwork diving you know like small touches like i post on instagram now more and more on uh, like kind of my workouts um so people can actually see and you know like if somebody ever asks me a question i want to share it because you know obviously like the point is what's the point if you know everything or if you do everything and you don't share you don't everyone, share you know like <laughs> Djokovic, yeah. Djokovic, if you know Djokovic, the it's the fun. best tennis player in the world yeah. right now yeah um Possib- he's, possibly ever but go ahead pretty much yeah so he is Serbian, obviously, and um, I listen to a lot of his, his talks because he's a really smart guy. And uh, he said, like, God gave me this, like, this chance to be here, and he gave me the talent, but he gave me with purpose. So, like, now when I have eyes on me, I can share the message. You know, I can teach people, tell them, you know, like, the, whatever it is, you know, like, how, what do you think about life or to be more generous or to respect each other or how to be a better athlete or, you know, it doesn't matter, but there's, there's a mission in you, you know? So if you don't share it with anyone, what's the point, you know? Agreed. So for, for that part, like, I feel that people need to like, I try really to, to help people like open the eyes and like, this is what volleyball is. It's not just the practice. And I see a significant improvement in defense, even though like for what, years, I've what, been, I've what been about saying, your defense? Yeah. So I've been saying like, I'm not a good defender, but, Obviously, I'm a good defender. Like, I would not be here without my digs. But the problem is, I want more. And I'm really analytical. Again, I watch a lot of tape and I see the ball. I'm like, he showed the poke early and you didn't see it and you lost the point. Or he leaned a little bit to the side, which you know it's going to be sharp angle, but I didn't step in. So for me, it's a lot about this offseason learning the positioning, where I'm supposed to stand. So again, controllable, right? Yeah. Where I stand is what I control. Where they hit, it's not what I control. But I want to improve the control part of like, where am I supposed to be in the court according to where they are? And that was one thing. And then another thing was definitely like running. I hate running. And because Me too. some some players are just fast, right? Like my girlfriend, like she doesn't have to practice that. She's so fast. Like she's touching every single defense. And she's fast in quickness or speed? Quickness meaning um, first step. And speed meaning both, but pursuit both, but mostly quick step because she was playing tennis. Her mom was a pro tennis player. Yeah, um, and that first step to brag is, a little bit. That first was, step is golden in tennis. Yeah, her her mom was a top hundred. She played Roland Garros, Wimbledon. Like her mom was badass. My wife too. And uh, she's in the other room. She don't like me talking about her, but my wife too. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just amazing. So Marine come comes from that like kind of professionalism, and she tried playing tennis, so she learned all that like quick move, you know, on reception and receiving the serve and stuff so she has it but i don't and 
and I hate running. So I'm like, okay, if I'm so slow on reaction or speed, or it doesn't matter. Let's start with running, you know, but obviously not running like let's run the from from no. my house to the pier. No, it's, it's more like burst. let's start moving in sand, you burst, know, like, yeah. and then I analyze like who does it the best, who does the best footwork exercises in the world? Brazilians, they're just if you watch huge, every single Brazilian, huge emphasis on footwork. it's indoor and beach both. But there's no one Brazilian player that doesn't do footwork. Even yeah. even when you watch like Marcus Carvalho, who lives here now, all about like conditioning. There's always some like footwork, agility, conditioning that he's doing. And then you watch Guto, the best defender. And then you watch Andre and George, and mm. everybody does it. You know. And you talked about Bruno, right? He yeah. Can, he the guy can pursue any ball on the court in 0.8 seconds. For sure. And then if That's if, like, if I look like okay, those are great defenders, and they do this, and I'm not happy with my defense. Let's try to let's try to do what they do. Let let's see. You know, maybe it's not gonna help, but let's try. Let's put in the work. Let's try this year. Maybe I had to take something off. You cannot do everything at Mad Max, right? No. You have to balance. So I took a little bit one gym off, but I put two conditionings and I put one beach one beach session less because I spent an hour running shots and you know like running digging balls and doing agility, but I sacrificed something in order to gain defense. And then I want to see the result. Yeah. So, yep. so if you ask me if I see results, I feel a little better. But already in Laguna, that was already a couple weeks after I started doing it. And I was digging way more than usual. Obviously, Bill is great blocker and great in strategy. So our strategy was on point. So that was partially why I got Who a lot won of Laguna? Sean and Cody. They beat us in two sets, in in three oh. sets in a, in okay. a semifinal. All right. And then they beat Jake and, uh, and oh, Caleb. And, yeah, Caleb. But basically, like... I feel that's going to be a great improvement, but I kind of, I kind of don't want to see it yet. You know, it's like a surprise for me. I want to, I'm playing a little bit, but you know, I'm keeping it for when it's time. Let's see how fast I am. Let, you, know? yeah, you let the work take care of itself. So basically what you're saying is you showed improvement on um, like your quickness, right? Because the Brazilians, the footwork is everything. But if you watch their first step, like when you watch a blocker pull, his first step is huge. Yeah. Because his first step is huge because now he has automatic speed with the, with the right to slow down as opposed to stepping small. He steps small. He takes a second step. He's still in the same spot. It's like he's doing a running man back. I'm giving sure. away my age. That's a running man. But um, first step, first step, um, a balance. John Mayer's really good with this too because John Mayer's balance, you're not too lean forward where you can't really do anything. Uh, his balance is this way. And now his first step is this way. Taylor's got a pretty good first step too. Uh, um, sure. Peruvik and Schweiner, uh, the Czechs, I forgot which one of the defenders. He's he's a fantastic first step guy, man. He's such a good defender, you know. Uh, um, Lupo, For Lupo, sure. since he was a pup, uh, a naturally uh, gifted uh, a first step athlete. I'm not. I don't mean to make. I don't mean to call it first step because I like your your term footwork is more appropriate because it's not just that. It's the it's the the start and finishing act of the completion of the dig. Sure. So good to know that you said that. Good to yeah. know that you said that. Now, you were actually answering the second part of my question. You got, And so I'm just going to ask it. What's one area between now and April, we're in January now, that you want to show um, some improvement? Or were you not was, finished with your first? No, no, you, that, that's oh. good. That's good. Actually, interesting that my best tournament that I felt, like, physically, uh -huh. was Huntington. For some reason, it was you were so good. It was dude. it was beginning of. You talking about the qualifier or the tournament? The tournament. Yeah. We we played we played uh, Trevor and Theo, and I think after that day I was like 
a number one hitter on on the, like percentage or yeah, something. It was ridiculous. I, I was there. I was coaching. It was for yeah. me. It was. I just felt physically like lo like loaded, and my arm was ready, and I was just like popping balls, angle mostly angle, uh -huh. and just like off the block, off defender. And then slowly how the season went, and this every year is the same. I slowly like started losing physical abilities. And then, you know, like by the end of the season, it's like, okay, it's time for off season. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, but you went, you made it all the way to Laguna. It's so good for you. Yeah. I, I, kept, I kept pushing, but the more you go to like end of the season, the more oscillation happens. You would like lose a match that you're not supposed to lose to, or, you know, like mm -hmm. you would really have to fight it or you would get tired, you know, and, but, I definitely like kind of explore attacking this year. So to, uh, 2023, I moved from the up and down set, which was mostly my go-to. Yeah. And then looking the court kind of, I don't know who to compare it with, but a lot of like head movement, look the defender and then shoot. Yeah. And maybe it works on a little lower level, but on top level, the big no. guys eat your no because they're because by the time you look back up they're already gone no we, they've we, already switched we went to australia end of 2022 uh -huh. uh, me and my partner lazar and i just we played i don't know if you know uh world tour teams but french team linel and basro yep and that guy good that, year that, good year last year that huh? big blocker mm -hmm. he blocked me so much we played a challenger and a lead there right and we both tournaments we played him mm -hmm. and both tournaments we lost and he blocked me so much because he's so high in the air that like mm -hmm. shots are shots have to be really high, mm -hmm. but he can cut my sharp angle when you're up and down, right? Because yeah. everything is just in front of you. So I start. My goal was like, okay, let's start running push sets and outside to the pin, so I have a little further angle, so it's harder for big blockers to stop me. And I definitely felt like that was the improvement. So All right, let me show you a video. Let me interrupt you because this is a, a demonstration of an up and down set as we go to the tape. Let's see if I can widen this. And yeah, I don't think we need to hear all this music, but. All right. So this is more up and down, right? This is Huntington, by the way. This, this um, would still be a little push. If you a little see, bit of a drifter, it, it, it's yeah. Still, yeah. I'm still letting it kind of follow on my left shoulder. Good Lord. Let's show that again. We need to show that again. I love it because as an indoor player, you they give you that this little bit of line, or they're like, "There's no way this guy's gonna go there. He's going sharp cross." I'm um, left hand. You saw how Caldwell, hand right hand in your face. Sorry, I go as we go back to us, right hand in your face, left hand press. He was thinking sharp cross or split seam or whatever all the way. All right, all right, for enough, sure. Enough of that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so so that wanna, is, let's can we go back to it? Let's go back to it. <laughs> we gotta that go back that to example it. would be like me changing my offense to a little further set. If you look, I'm a little further to antenna. So now Cody had to kind of either choose if he's gonna block angle or line. Where before I would run right to the setter and then up and down set where the blocker would kind of spread his arms and block me like the whole thing. Yep. If you look, he had what? to take that shuffle to the antenna. He did. He so, did. He was going straight line on this one, but he tech technical technically he did everything correct, for sure. and he only left you this as it, as we rewind again. We get to see, we can watch this fifteen times. This is fun, but look look at the margin for error that you had to play this line shot. You you talk your upper body any any more. You now you're playing with a line bouncing and going wide, right? For sure. Um, for sure. Your footwork is already kind of 
in beach mode anyway, right? You're not pivot footing this because this isn't indoor. Indoor, you'd be pivot footing that right step. But here, you're going straight on because there's only one blocker and not a two-man block. All right, cool, man. I just wanted to see that just for fun. Fun with, fun with Mr. DJ. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, basically, like mm -hmm. I spent, I spent a lot of time like moving a little more to the pin. Um, by the end of the season, like playing Laguna with Bill, I started running a lot of like back further sets. Mm -hmm. um, I picked up that in Mediterranean games yep. right before Laguna when I went back home. I played uh, with my partner and we lost to Portugal. Um, really good team, like their top top team uh, that actually won Challenger last year. Um, and they were running a lot of those like kind of really quick back sets, but with with the delay, so you would not really recognize it's a back set. And the guy would just explode there and jump, and he would hit over us. Like he right. gets there so early, and I was like, okay, I think I can implement that. So I added that a little bit to my game. So 2023 was mostly offense, and that's why like I was happy enough with my with my uh, statistics. You know, like my numbers were saying like. Okay, offense is pretty good. Yeah. Then I look myself on the AVP st statistics, which is not 100% accurate. Some matches, mm -hmm. they don't really follow, so you would get a zero. I do my own stats, and, and I, then, I agree you. Know, you would get zero, and then all of a sudden, like, they would do average per set, but you got a zero from one match. So now you're, like, yeah. way below everyone. But Kills if, minus if, errors divided by attempts. If you look mm -hmm. digs, you need to scroll to find my name. You right. know? So the goal is, like, okay, like, let's let's get up there i'm I'm pretty high on the list for miss serves though i'm i'm compa I'm, of, I'm competitive there <laughs> but i wanted to mention something you said in the beginning of the podcast you got three errors and maybe one ace you know what you know what the you know what the stats don't show the shanks and the out of system balls that they have to bring back right and and stick and that's that that non-stat stat sticks sure. out more for indoor than beach right because in, indoor you, you have to that, huh? that's really interesting john mary really uses that in his statistics it's like how many aces, how many out of system, and yeah. how many in system. Yeah. And the goal is like, let's say to have 50% out of system. Yep. If they receive more than 50% in system, yeah, because that's, serve, that's you, what doesn't show up on that paper. You got to different serve. That's yep. why John always has good servers. Because yeah. he's like, this serve is not working. Let's and find something player. that's going to get them more out of system. Like, look all his players. Everybody's good yeah. service. And, Everybody, and John Mayer himself. He's insane. Yeah, his jump floater yeah, it's insane. was gnarly. I was in Mexico. Um, uh, when I, I met John and it was like a vacation thing and my, my wife was in the beach and I was just a pure indoor guy so they had an exhibition guy game like indoor players versus the beach players so I was the indoor rep nice. and they gave me Ty Trambley you nice. know Ty Ty's nice. cool I get served every ball I got one of the best setters on the beach setting me right and I'm telling you I pass balls backwards Ty would just run back take off on one leg whoosh you know clean so it was 4-4 four, four, and then John just it was a game of 15, and Jean just scored 11 points. I got sure. I got worked. Now, there's a mutual respect because when you see me hitting on the beach and hitting, it's like, all right, he knows how to play. He's just not a beach player, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to beat him 15-4 because that's the way John respects you. He doesn't yeah. go on the court and play around or whatever. So his way of respecting you, if I'm, if I'm 11 points better, I'm going to beat you 15-4. Sure. But my favorite part, and this is just a story just for random, um, I got caught off the net, and when I got caught off the net, I was gonna hit. I knew he was gonna hit straight down. So as an indoor player, I'm like, he's a beach player. I'm just gonna step up to the ten foot line and eat it, right? And he hit a ball in front of me. I stepped up, 
I'm willing to just take one because it's a beach ball. It's not like an indoor player yeah. where they're going to knock you out. So I stepped up and he still hit it in front of me and it went this way. And I just went lift like this way and everyone just started laughing. But that wasn't the story. The story was one play later. Um, Mark Karens was there, Mike's brother. Um, I did a turn. I'm left-handed too. And I hit the exact same ball. And the way it hit, you know how sometimes when it hits the sand, it pops straight yeah. up to make it look like it's harder than it was? I hit a ball a certain way and it just pops straight up and everyone just goes, ooh. But that was 4 4. And then he got the next 11 points. But that was my um, John Mayer story. Nice. And we, we went to, I joined her for dinner that night, talked about coaching. Then the next morning, I see him by himself. I'm like, you know what? Because you, you know I could talk. I'm like, I'm going to leave this dude alone, man. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what happens? He picks up his tray and he sits next to me and wants to talk about coaching again. And I'm like, I freaking love this guy. I love this guy. It was a great, uh, it was a vacation for my wife and I was just chilling with her. It's SOB. Nice. Which, by the way, you should be one of the players next year. SOB. SOB, if you're watching this, I'm crazy for you, Mr. DJ. Because <laughs> what happens is the players, they exhibition each other. They do clinics for some of the players. Right. Um, and, it's, and, and the three stops are Extapa. Puerto Vallada wow. and um, Cabo nice. and my my pros uh, the pros were Ty Trambley the McCulloughs at the time Kevin and Ali um, Betsy Flint and, and Derek Olson Derek Olson nice. who was still an active player there. last year it was it was Evan Corey uh, Savvy Simo Kristen Nuss and Taryn Cloth and Bill Kalinske and nice. Kelly so so they invite six pros to do whatever um but i'm so i'm promoting you i'm promoting this dude <laughs> i got connections bro <laughs> so we do we got to do this again but at some what i want to do is i have something called the lightning rounds all right um and we're going to finish with that and then we can get out of here because i know you're hungry and and um i don't I gotta, know i don't know who's waiting at this front door for gotta, gotta hit the gym yeah yeah oh good so you gotta uh, LA, you, you gotta earn that food a late gym yeah yeah so what is what does a meal look like for you what what is what is what is what does this guy eat so it, it's actually interesting because you were making fun of vegan but uh marine marine is vegan and marine cooks which i love That's i love awesome. having having a girlfriend that cooks because mm. in serbia like we're really foodies like nice serbian food is great if you ever get to try it just I have. Try. I'm from New York. Yeah. So. New York, we have, we, we have a different restaurant on every corner yeah. in Manhattan. I lived in the Upper West Side. Yeah. So Pio Pio is my favorite Peruvian restaurant. So, but, yeah. sorry, go ahead. So, so Serbian food is yeah. just great. And um, mm -hmm. and then marine cooking, I just I just love homemade food. And uh, Good for you. At the same time, it's good for us as students, right? Oh, yeah. But, it's uh, cheaper. Get your cheap on. But, like, most of the food here is just not that healthy. Let's put just, it like that. Just say it's garbage. Yeah. So, um, you got a camera right there. Just just say, I'd rather cook at home. There's your camera right there. Here's your chance. <laughs> but, but basically, uh, Marine cooks, and I told her, like, hey, if you make vegan, I'll eat vegan. Like, nice. Um, I don't need you to cook meat. As know. long as it tastes good, you don't and, care. And the thing is, like, when you cook for yourself, you really try hard, right? You put the seasonings and this and that. When you put it for someone, you're like, okay. So mine was okay. Meat was okay. But, like, this, whatever it was, like some replacement for meat was great so i'm like you know what forget about meat like just cook whatever you cook for yourself and i'll eat it i'll i'll i could do that impossible sandwich at starbucks yeah for i know sure. i'm not i'm not talking about cooking i don't mean to make less of the cooking i'll eat the hell out of that thing that thing is awesome and i was teasing you because i'm 53 and when you're my age you will try every all of these uh, vegan carnivore right now i'm doing carnivore this whole month nice. until the month's over right um 
you will try every form because it's your body, right? You, and you, you know, the only one that pays the price is you. So you try out everything in your whole life. You'll try out everything at least once. So good for you, man. You, I, I mean, and the result is good. Look at you. Look at your it, energy. Like your that. energy shoots through the roof. I'm not. I'm not vegan. Let's no. put it like that. No. I, I eat when she cooks. I eat vegan, mm-hmm. but I do eat meat. Like I love yeah. burgers, like mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, but. Um, I still eat, you know, if I feel like eating cheese mm-hmm. or drink milk, you know, like whatever. But um, I took like a December and a part of November, really, kind of I'm Orthodox Christian. So we okay. have we have this like kind of it's called fasting where we don't eat meat. And yeah. I didn't eat meat for like a month and a half. Before, and, is it Lent? Like before Lent or something? Like Orthodox Christianity? Is it what? Lent? Uh, of the, when you fast, that time of year that you guys fast? It's uh, it's before Christmas. Gotcha. So it's like a Christmas fast. Let's put it like that. Nice. Um, and basically, I didn't eat meat, and I felt great. And after that, I started eating meat, and I didn't feel great. I don't know if it's connected. I still don't know if I believe in it. But I told her like, I think I want to go more vegan than meat. Right. Obviously, if I if I feel like I want to eat like something that has meat or cheese, I'm not gonna avoid it because I don't mm. I don't call myself vegan. But I feel less meat makes me kind of feel better. Okay. So I'm eating less meat and less dairy in like last couple of months and cool. feel great. I feel like kind of I lost a little bit of of fat, if you yeah, can call dude. fat on uh, athletes, but I yeah. feel I'm like a little lighter, you know, and like a little, I, um, a little healthier. I used to, when I got out of the army, I, when I left the military, I, I, I blew up to 265 pounds. So, you know, because the army, they don't teach you how to eat, man. And when, and when you're in the army, you don't. You don't really, whatever yeah, you eat, sure. it doesn't, you, you don't hold it, it down yeah. anyway, right? So uh, my boss, I worked in a cardiology practice, wrote a book called Doctor, What Should I Eat? And it's a book that prescribes foods for ailments instead of medication. So or do you want to take iron supplements or you can eat cold spinach or red meat? That's sure. your source of iron. Do you, um, your fat burner, right? Do you want to take fat burners as a supplement or do you use avocado? Californians love yeah. avocado. New Yorkers, we love dark we chocolate. Love we love dark chocolate. We love cash, cashews, right? Those are our fat, East Coast fat burners, right? Vitamin D, building up your vitamin D, you can work out outdoors, right? Two thirds of the population in New York City have low vitamin d california not so much so i ended up losing 60 pounds nice um right now i'm 210 uh, um but i was 265 when i got to 200 which was my my athletic playing weight and it all became just from understanding what works for you what doesn't and that not every diet's once one size fit all i just come to that conclusion uh but i do love when you make me the right way when i make it i use it in olive oil sometimes i just butter um you make a salmon I make my own steak yeah. and I did carnivore last year and I lost 17 pounds in a month and a half. For me, uh, um, I feel it's, it's not mostly the meat. Mm-hmm. It's more like I, I, for a couple of years I avoid soda. Yeah. If I feel Ooh. if like Marine loves like cherry Coke, if, if like she craves, okay, I would try, drink a, a, a glass, right. but I had at one point I had like need to drink something else. So I figure out like, I don't want to drink water. What can I drink? So I just started drinking sparkling water. I was we like have, vodka. <laughs> we have, we have a soda stream, and I would just like drink a lot of sparkling water, and that way I really avoided drinking soda. So every time I feel like I want something bubbly, I would get sparkling water. But I have this kind of part of guilt when I take a sweets or I take a soda. I have this part of guilt of like, you're drinking this sugar is gonna make you like maybe like get a little more fat, like the, grams, the, the like, grams of sugar. Let's say on the side, and yeah. then again. 
you're not maximizing your performance. Of course. So I have like every time I eat something, I would be like a little, a little guilt, you know, but obviously I'm not extreme not to eat it. No. I just try to like, let's not eat 10, you know, but let's it's about not the drink what, every right? day like a bottle of soda. It's about the what? Like you, you could drink a glass of orange juice and, and the, the, the amount of grams of sugar in that glass of orange juice is the same thing, give or take two, two grams of sugar uh, than the soda, right? Yeah. Me, hey, for the fans, go diet Pepsi, get your aspartame kicked. <laughs> get your aspartame kicked. <laughs> Something you wanted to say before we go to lightning rounds? So these are quick questions. We're doing 60 seconds on the clock. There it is. All right. Um, let's go. Where is it? Let me start. Boom. All right. So, favorite comedian? Uh, Serbian. You don't know the name, so let's okay. just put it Serbian comedian. All right. Cool. Last good book you read? Uh, last good book. I always go to uh, A Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I love that book. Nice. Um, last good movie you watched? And someone like you probably don't even watch movies. <laughs> Side Out. Side Out. Yes. <laughs> You must have loved what? my video. Did you made, love it? Oh, made, made Marine watch yes. it and my roommate. Mar and Marvel or DC? Loved it. Marvel DC? Yeah. Marvel for sure. All right. Puller Beach? Uh, beach always. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Uh, Harry Potter. Bourbon, vodka, or tequila? Tequila. Uh, favorite sport outside of volleyball? Ping pong. Favorite action film star growing up? Uh, let's put it Will Smith. I like that. Favorite um, conspiracy rabbit hole? Uh, like like mine is like the JFK assassination. I don't think Oswald made the shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fake the best. Yeah, good. You don't have one. <laughs> That's really good. Do you know I actually um, put up this, the final play for Side Out? Uh, because there was, there was a rule change uh, coming for indoor where double hit is going to be considered legal. So I did the. If you remember the last play inside out, where he jumps in the air like he's gonna hit, and he does this yeah. three sixty and flings it. In fact, we need we we need to finish our podcast with that. I said coming to an indoor gym near you. It is hilarious. There's a side out a whole movie on the yeah. On YouTube. See Thomas Howell. Yeah, so if you guys never watched that, it's Randy Stokeless. Go, go check it. There's Sinjin, there's Randy. It's super fun. Yeah. It's a old you know school beach model cliche movie yeah. in Hermosa. Can't can beat that. But I love that they spent all this time respecting the game only for the end, for the final play to be this. <laughs> this. I can't find it. I can wait. I'll do it later. Um, anyone that wants to know a little bit more more about you, do you, what's your IG handle, or do you have a website, or, um, or computer science guy? Can you help me with my website? <laughs> it's uh, it's just my name. I use Instagram mostly. Um, yeah. It's my name, so DJ or DJ E Classic or DJ Classic, um, and I use. A little bit of Facebook, but it's yeah. all the content right now is on Instagram. Marine's trying yeah. to push me more on TikTok. I'm, yeah, I'm still fighting, thing. but I should be on TikTok soon. I'm looking to kind of like create a course and, you know, do more tutorials. I did tutorials partially at one point. 
Uh, it's called Beach Quick. I have yeah, my, yeah. I have my Instagram account. Sad. But I, I'm looking to like start kind of giving more tips to to beach volleyball players. And, you, and, you and know, guys, like, he wants to start a podcast about process preparation and also also the mental aspect of these things. And if you know a good partner in crime for this gentleman for that podcast, please message him because I'm I might not be his guy. I'm I'm doing actually a news thing called Undivided. So when nice. I'm not doing this, I'm actually doing a political show too. So, but but i volunteer my efforts to be a contributing uh guest i love it all right is that cool all right guys so dj klasnik might love you but i don't love any of you guys in fact i can't stand you in fact we're out of here so for all of you at home for all of you on your desktop for all of you on your ipad or iphone right but who runs who runs the world old school brothers for my man where is the camera DJ Klasnik, I'm Jason DeBeas. We're going to hit my music. Stay with me. But for now, thank you so much for joining us. We're out of here. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.